Hey, welcome back. Uh, this isn't the Awakening Report, but uh, we have a really special uh, show for you. We have uh, six of us who are experts in our different fields in Bible prophecy, and we are kind of just sitting around chewing the fat on where we are or where we think we are prophetically. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's really exciting. So we want to take your questions so you can put your questions in the chat. Uh, you can throw them to us. Please throw us a bone. Uh, and that'll make it more interesting, you know, throw some big ones. Okay. But it has to be about the end times. Now, a lot of you guys are wondering, are we in the end times? Yes, we are. Okay. Now, how close are we? We have no idea. All right. So that's our full disclaimer. We do not know when Jesus is returning, but it does look like we're getting super close. And with all the things that are happening, we must be getting closer than we've ever been. And we're discussing the topic of the end times. Uh, we're talking about pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, no-trib. Uh, we're talking about uh, how do the, the, the spring feasts and the fall feasts fit in this big picture? How does the observance of the biblical calendar uh, affect how we see the end times? So this is uh, a fun time to be here. We're glad that you could join us. Uh, we have with us uh, in our panel... We have, uh, let's see if I can pull up that screen again. It looks like I have some people that are trying to join that really shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> so, sorry, people that uh, trying to join. You need to go to YouTube and watch it there. But I have Scott Hartwell. I've got Gavin Finley, Joseph Dumman, uh, Doug Krieger, and John Haller. All wonderful guys who are excited to take your questions and to be part. For being here. Thank you. Yeah. And Doug, we, we moved over to your channel because uh, I'm an idiot and don't know really how to run things. So we had a Zoom call and maybe we can get that back up later for other people to watch, maybe on your channel and some other channels where we sort of introduced ourselves, uh, went over some 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 groundwork. But uh, I kind of was the, the it's just something God put on my heart to get a bunch of different guys together that really we all we all have some different uh different opinions right now and i don't even like to call what i have conclusions but different beliefs uh about how things might play out um, some of us are more wiggly than the others i'm very wiggly on on on, on exactly when uh the lord will return I've, I've got some some thoughts on that so i reached out i've, I've talked to uh, doug krieger and gavin on the phone i've talked to you i've talked to john haller uh, somebody saw mine in your video uh, that we did where uh, the 7,000-year plan of the Lord, that, that my belief in that, and they put me in touch with Joe, and me and Joe had a good three-hour conversation the other night about uh, the Jubilees and, and his, how he viewed it, and, and it's just odd that we're all coming, we're, we're all coming to, a, to a similar belief slash conclusion. Um, but nobody's really being completely dogmatic. We're not pulling a Herald camping, sell everything. The Lord is returning in the year 2029. I don't think any of us are doing that. Um, so that was sort of the, the, the catalyst, the genesis for, for setting this up with, with a bunch of uh, brothers. I respect all, all y'all's opinions from what I've read and from talking to you. If, uh, Very cool. Well, uh, let's let's discuss um, 
you know, kind of a, a question. Let, let's talk about, let me throw us something here, Scott. This was your idea, so throw us a bone here. Oh, that, uh, I, yeah. I, I really believe how we know that Jesus, Yeshua, fulfilled the, the, uh, the spring feast to the day and to the hour. Uh, we know that the Holy Spirit uh, uh, fell on, on what we call Feast of Weeks. I know Joe has a view on, on that, and, and I'd love to let him share it with everybody. And then, then obviously, in how the how those appointed days are prophetic, and how they do uh, line up at the end of this age. And so that's why, again, I know Gavin's got some very good thoughts on this. Doug, does, everybody does. So that was sort of like, let's just get together and discuss it and talk about it and probably even disagree on, on, on some specifics. But I thought it would be educational because this information, like we talked about earlier on the Zoom meeting, is out there now. Nobody really even knew this uh, until we saw a lot of our Jewish brethren coming to faith in Messiah. And as they understood these feasts and they understood these appointed days and how they were prophetic and how Jesus fulfilled them in his first coming and how they are shadows of things to come. So, again, that was, uh, you know, whoever wants to chime in first, uh, chime in. I, I, you know, I'm we just and we sit around them and we go where the topic leads us. Don't be shy. Well, I suppose we could talk, if you're talking about the feasts of Israel, um, that would be, um, that would be my darling uh, topic. Uh, I, I read uh, Zola Levitt's little booklet, uh, The Seven Feasts of Israel, back uh, in around 1980 when I came to the States, and it was uh, a revelation to me that there was uh, a layout of the feasts of Israel, and I can do a quick little five-minute screen share to show you. Uh, basically what I started to see at that time and uh, it was rather exciting um, share 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 and share audio okay um, so basically uh, this is this is what I saw I'll just do a slideshow out of the PowerPoint here so you can see uh, basically what uh, the Eureka moment was uh, when I saw that uh, I just followed on from Zola's initial little booklet um, and saw that uh, pretty soon saw that Jesus fulfilled the fourth sp uh, spring feast in his death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, so that was. Um, uh, slam dunks on each of those dates. Nissan 14, he was crucified. He was in the grave by sunset to to um, uh, fulfill the Feast of Unleavened Bread as a sinless unleavened bread of heaven. And he rose from the grave uh, three days and three days later, later on the, um, on the sun, uh, basically the beginning of Sunday, right at the end of the Sabbath. Um, and, and then on the 50th day out from there, we saw the fulfillment uh, of the... Feast of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell uh, on the 120 in the upper room. And there we see a church that was 100% Jewish. And then three and a half century, or three and a quarter centuries later, no, actually less than that, three, 300 years later, we had a church at the Council of Nicaea that was 100% non-Jewish. So, you know, those these are interesting questions. Why did they, all these things happen? 
And then we come to the four feasts over here on the right, and it seems uh, pretty clear that Jesus is um, revealing himself in the first three feasts as the suffering servant and in the four feasts as the conquering king. And so then we come to the understanding uh, what are these uh, three, four feasts all about. And so that's what led to this speculation. Does it possibly mean that the the next two four feasts due to be fulfilled, um, Yom Teruah or the Feast of Trumpets, initiates the final seven years and might the Day of Atonement, seeing it looks like it's a um, legal judgment day and we've got two attorneys here so they might agree that this is a this is a final gavel fall right here and leading into the day of the lord so um and then the question is uh, how does it lay out and lo and behold uh it looks like a, a perfect fit uh, in certain seven year periods between yom teru a feast of trumpets and seven years later on the day of atonement where we have um 86 moons and not 87 moons. And that would mean certain seven year periods. And so we were looking at uh, certain years back in 2014 to 2021, and that was a perfect fit for 2550 days. We also saw um, in, in 2017 to 2024, a perfect fit again, 2550 days. We've got a perfect fit again this year for uh, 2020 to 2027, 2550 days. And again, in 2025, we have another perfect fit of 2550 days uh, between the two feasts. So that, yeah, uh, for, that, that was yeah. what really interested me. For those, uh, hey, let me real quick, Joe, for those that uh, you, we all probably know exactly where you're drawing from. And you're drawing, I believe, from Daniel 12 and those extra 30 days that are mentioned in Daniel 12, the 1260 plus the 30 plus the 45. So yes. maybe take a little, about a minute to, to you know, again, we all know what you're talking about. But, okay. But, but a lot so of the you, yes. Can they see this? Can you see this slide yes, here? Yes. Scott? Okay. Yes, well, if. Up. If you look at the two, the two little blue uh, squares on the right-hand side, that represents the 30 days that you're referencing. And so um, that relates to what the angel Gabriel told Daniel in Daniel 12, 11, when he talked about the 1290 days. So there's an extension beyond the 1260 days of the tribulation, which we have to ask ourselves what that might always be. And so I, I believe that that would probably mean that we could add our 1260 days for the first three and a half years to the 1290 days, and then we get to 2550 days. That's what was interesting because it's a perfect fit between the next two feasts. I put this up back in 2000 and, oh, when, 2003, 2005. I expected people to pay attention to it, but it was nobody seems to be paying attention to this at all. It, it's remarkable to me because it's so wonderfully um, uh, precise and it's a slam dunk. So that's basically what um, my particular um, uh, thing is uh, with respect to the latter days. I'm seeing a five-year, uh, a seven-year period floating out there in our future. We don't know when it's going to begin, but we can have a pretty good idea that we'll begin on a future Feast of Trumpets and it will terminate on a future Day of Atonement, Day of Reconciliation, Conciliation, day of um, sentencing, day of pardoning, day of accounting, day of uh, 
the gavel falling on this particular day, which leads into the day of the Lord. We cannot have an execution of a of a of a, a legal judgment. Uh, we can until the legal judgment has taken place, and I believe that the legal judgment is the last day, the day of judgment, the judgment day at the last day at the end, which is when the trumpets of jubilee blow, um, and that fits in with all the musicians who say. Uh, for unto Zion comes a deliverer in the year of Jubilee. So uh, that will lead on to our Jubilee conversation. I'm going to stop there and uh, let somebody else uh, carry on from there. No, and, and that's that's why I, I I read your stuff several years ago and was intrigued by that. And did Krieger leave us? Because he's also, uh, he fits in with some of his teachings, the, the 45 days uh, and how they may factor into this this final end time period. But uh, um, Joe, as far I mean, I know that you would probably differ with Gavin, but but tell us a little bit how you look at the the Jubilee cycles and how they're prophetic. And, and you, I know you have a different uh, you're going to have a different take than than probably the Gavin or, or, or myself or even or John and all of us. We have more, I guess, of a. Uh, of a standardized view of the Daniel 70th week. I think you, from talking to you, you, you factored in, you think those are jubilees. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm muted, but you can hear me, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. I, I've been trying to pull up my charts here so I can show, because <laughs> Gavin's sitting on a bunch of nerves here, but my computer's freezing. is just driving me crazy. Just I explain it. Yeah. So I, I believe in the Jubilee cycles, and I believe that you can prove them from the Bible, and that each Jubilee brings you to a certain point in time in history. Um, I do not believe, as Gavin just mentioned, that the final Jubilee is when the Messiah is going to come back. Uh, that's the start of the seventh millennium, but he's touched on a number of things here, and uh, let me see if my chart came up yet. No, it's not coming up. Oh, hang on. Just real slow, real slow. Anyway, in the Jubilee cycle, and Gavin's touched on it because the uh, the holy days are important. If you don't know the holy days, you're not keeping it. Um, yeah, Doug, Doug said the same thing. And there is an awakening coming that people are starting to realize we need to know about the holy days in order to understand prophecy. And by the time you figure it out, you're going to miss all the events. So, you know, all of us trying to teach people to learn about the, the Leviticus 23 holy days that God told us about. So if we're not doing that, we miss it. And just like the Jews, they, they missed the Yeshua when he came there the first time. We're going to miss the two witnesses when they come. We're going to miss all this stuff going on because we're on a wrong schedule. So that's sort of what I started doing the Jubilee cycles, not to set dates or anything like that, but just to, to learn the Jubilee cycles basically. But once I learned them, I started to see all these patterns and uh, John Holler is talking about patterns. He likes patterns. So all these patterns were coming out over and over and over again. And that led me to my first book, the prophets of Abraham, because of all the patterns in the Jubilee cycle, each Jubilee cycle repeats itself throughout history not all the time but at certain key times they are repeated so from that understanding the last jubilee year or the next jubilee year is going to be uh the 2045 and 
Let's see. If... Ah. Hey, okay. uh, Joe, can I, uh, let me just say something. The year 2045 is very interesting. And, <laughs> and I, I want to make a full disclosure <laughs> that um, I have not been looking at Jubilee years. Okay. I, I definitely keep the weekly Sabbath. I keep the feasts. Uh, we may disagree on when Passover happens. Uh, I think we're in the Feast of Unleavened Bread right now, but I'm open to discussion on that. But the year 2045, I think, is fascinating because I uh, have kind of come to that same general time frame, but on a very different, uh, I've gotten there a very different way. Um, and, and let me just take, take something else. People that keep joining the studio, you have the wrong link. Uh, so if you can hear me, you need to get off this link and go to youtube.com forward slash Doug Hamp. And that's where you need to be. Uh, I'm going to keep kicking you off the studio because you're not going to be here. <laughs> okay. So, um, I don't know if they could hear me or not, but, uh, anyway, so yeah, the 2045 is interesting because the, the transhumanists are talking about 2045. Uh, as I'm kind of looking at things, I would suggest that's going to put us at the, uh, the time of the abomination of desolation. So I think we're coming to the same general ideas, but from different angles, which I think is really cool. So yep. go on. The, uh, yeah, and, I go, and I go back just to, you know, two days is two days. A day with the Lord is a thousand years. A thousand years is a day. And I'm not setting a date. And I don't know what year Jesus was uh, crucified, resurrected and ascended. But two days later is, is, is what I'm 99% believe and it actually what's weird doug is joe and 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 from talking to him he actually with with his with what he has been studying he agrees even though he's saying 2045 it's it's very interesting that we're all arriving at something similar from so many different backgrounds there's a big button there that you haven't heard yet but you know scott may have heard it the but is 2045 is the next jubilee year the but part is what galvin started to, to hint at was the atonement which um i believe is in 2033 now some of you from what i understand is that uh, you're going 2000 years so it's uh 2000 or 2027 for the start yeah. of yeshua's ministry 2000 years later 2031 when he's killed or 2032 or 2034 depending on which theology you've subscribed to as to as 2000 years after that's when is the tribulation starts or ends and so you gotta come back seven years from that so it's you know real close 2024 for some of you depending on what theology you hold to but i don't i don't hold to that theology i didn't start doing this in order to um to choose a theology uh i get can i can you put me back on the full screen here with everybody because i feel like i'm talking to myself and then i, I don't know what i'm saying <laughs> All I see is me here. We like you. We think no, you're great. I, I'm not even dressed up. I, I thought I had another half hour to get dressed before he said, get on here. Um, but 2033 on the Day of Atonement is when I believe Satan will be locked away. To start the, uh, what to get ready to start the seventh millennium, which comes in 2045. Unless those days were short, no flesh will be saved alive. So a day is a year. So unless those years are shortened, no flesh will be saved. So that brings us back to 2033. Why did I pick 2033? I didn't. It says in Luke that um, 
as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the in the last days. As it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, so shall it be in the last days. What's that mean? Well, they're going to be giving marriage and parties and doing all that. No. That's what I always was taught. That's what I always thought. So I'm always looking around. Well, we're just like that time. No, it's not. You have to look at the charts. You have to look at the Jubilee cycle when the flood took place. The flood took place. There it is. The flood took place in the sixth sabbatical cycle. Now, I, I may be talking Greek for some. I, mean, I know um, Doug knows Greek, but uh, this is a different type of Greek when I'm doing the charts. And if I could only get them up here to share the screen. There they are. Okay. Let me see if I can show you. Share screen. Well, we would, but uh, unfortunately, we keep getting all these people. <laughs> Gave him over the link. <laughs> I keep kicking people out, and that's why it's oh, a little my bad. My bad. <laughs> I'm trying though. I'm trying. So go ahead and show your screen, and then I can. I'll put it up. I'm not sure. Oh. You. It says share screen. You have to click on probably nope, uh, no. application nope. window. No. 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 Where's and guys, the reason I wanted Joe in on this is, is he has some really cool stuff that I had never run across, but I am open. I am open to, uh, to learning more. I thought, I thought a lot of the work he's done was fascinating. Not saying he's right, but it's fascinating. Okay. Joe, all we see is a black screen currently. So make sure that you've shared, um, you shared the right screen there with us. Gregor We're getting there. Yeah, we left him. Uh, he left us. Here we go. All right. And and we do have a lot of questions. There's people that want to ask questions. Uh, so we can see that, Joe, but it's super small. I'm trying to magnify it. This is taking forever. I'm sorry. I mean, my eyesight isn't that bad. <laughs> now, people that are, are waiting with questions, we plan on getting to your questions. I saw one uh, one comment. Somebody said, "Can we please extend this to keep it going forever?" Uh, well, <laughs> not forever. Uh, I, I want to have some dinner later, but uh, we can we can probably keep this going for a bit. So, uh, okay. you know, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So let's, yeah. And um, one person says it's too what bad I, that Word okay. wasn't isn't here. And man, that's I agree. He's a great guy. All right, go ahead, Joe. Well, I'm trying to get down to the flood of Noah, but okay. I click it 20 times now, 15 minutes, it's getting bigger and bigger. I can't even see now. <laughs> yeah, we can see it now. Yeah, but I can't scroll. It's not scrolling. Okay. Tell you what. Um, okay, I'm just going to leave that up. It's, it's going to drive me crazy. I'm sorry. I understand. So what I'm showing you, what I'm showing you is that in the sixth sabbatical cycle, in the fourth day of that sabbatical cycle, is the flood of Noah in the year 1656. So I thought, okay, that's really interesting, but what does that mean? Well, then I went and looked at the, um, as I'm laying out this chronology and working on this, um, and again, I gotta stop sharing the screen there because that's distracting and it's no good. Uh, the Sodom and Gomorrah, the year the Sodom and Gomorrah is destroyed is also in the sixth sabbatical cycle and is on the third day of, or the third year of that cycle. And I thought, okay, that's kind of interesting. What does that mean? As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the last days. So I compare it to our Jubilee cycle that we're in now. And 
the third or fourth day of that cycle is 2033. And I, okay, what does that mean? I didn't know. So what I did was each of the fall holy days, which Gavin was talking about, are instead of being one, you know, uh, first day, 10th day and 15th day, and then the 22nd day, let's make them years. One year, uh, 10 years, 15, uh, yeah, 15 years and 22 years. So when you do the teachings of the, each of the sabbatical uh, or about the Jubilee year and you do the teaching about the, the holy days, there is certain holy days that have similar teachings to the Jubilee year. Um, the eighth day is one in particular. So the eighth day feast is a separate feast day after the Feast of Sukkot. And it's a special, it's the most special holy day of all. It's what all of Christianity is working towards and wants to be a part of, but they don't know anything about that feast because they don't keep it. The so eighth day. The, the eighth day. day. Yeah. When we when we dwell with God. I mean, yeah, you're right. That's that's our goal, right? Is to dwell dwell with God. That's it's tabernacles. The, <laughs> No, it's, it's not tabernacle. Tabernacle is the wedding supper. Okay. It's the wedding feast. It's seven it's the days day. of being married. Fair enough. The, the, the last great day. Fair enough. Well, Maybe the last Hanukkah. great day, the, the last great day, I believe, yeah. is the seventh day. The eighth day is the consummation day okay. of the wedding. That's when Jehovah or God came and dwelt with uh, or came into the temple when Solomon was doing his prayers. That's the day of dedication. That's what John 10 22 yeah. is talking about. That's feast same of day. dedication. That's right. So this is an important day. Everything that God wants to do is that he wants to dwell with us here on this earth. That's what the whole holy days are all about. That's the whole plan of salvation is so that God can dwell with us here on earth. But we have to clean up our acts so that he can do that. He's not going to dwell with sin. And right now the sin or the ruler of this world is Satan, which represents sin. So he has to get rid of Satan before he can come and dwell with us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, six plus one is seven. Six plus one plus one is eight. And in the eighth millennium or the eighth day or the eighth day of the feast of Sukkot, that's when he's going to come and dwell with us. That's what that represents. So I put the on the chart, and I'm sorry I can't display here, this, but the eighth day would be the Jubilee year. And we can do this again and get more. Guys, I am not a planner. I threw this together quick, but I just thought it would be good for us just to chat. So, Joe, don't, don't, it's okay if you don't, if we don't have everything together. I mean, that's, this is sort of an introduction to, to this. There are, there are, there are, there are a lot of people. I'm getting texts and messages from friends of mine going, you know, that uh, they were frustrated they couldn't get in, but now they're actually seeing it on YouTube. And we're just here just to talk about some different, some different beliefs, some different theories. But again, what's really cool, dude, is you're right there in that little window where I'm at. You're in Gavin's window. Doug Krieger left us, but you're in his little window. Doug Hamp just mentioned a date, and you're in his little window. And we're all coming at this. We're, we're, we're all coming at this from different directions. And what we need to do is we need to have a little conference where I can come and bring my big banner and stand there in front of you and walk you through it all because. <laughs> It's a 20-foot banner that we have made to do this. Well, and then you John, can see what we're talking about. 
John Haller and I are the lawyers in the room. He's been very quiet. Uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at, at his, at his, uh, his restraint. But what are your thoughts about the? Because uh, uh, I know you probably haven't gone down this path as, and no, nowhere near as deep as Joe or as Gavin. But what, what are your thoughts? No, on? you know my, my own personal take as I studied it when I looked at the, uh, the uh, thirteen hundred thirty-five years of Daniel. Um, I, you know, I do think that the Day of Atonement is, is significant. I do think that that's associated with the second coming. And then I've just sort of, on my own, I just sort of found a 75-day period after that. So Day of Atonement on day 1260. And I know this may not square with everybody else's chart, so I'm just throwing it out. <laughs> and that, um, <coughs> and that <coughs> 75 days after the, um, Day of Atonement always puts you into the Feast of Hanukkah, the Feast of Dedication. So I just thought there was some significance there. I've talked about it before, but you know, again, I'm not dogmatic about it. I, I think that, and I don't know how that squares with Joe because I'm not familiar with his work. Well, if we look at the Day of Atonement and use that as, or the, the I'm sorry, the Jubilee year of 2045 and make that the eighth day, that makes 2044 the seventh great day of the Feast of Sukkot. And uh, let me just get back here to my books chart. And that makes 2038 the first day of the Feast of Sukkot. And 2033, counting back five more years, would be the Day of Atonement. And 2024 would be the Feast of Trumpets. Significantly, you know, overlaying the, the fall holy days with the Jubilee cycle. So what I found was that the flood of Noah and the uh, destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah lined up with what uh, is the Day of Atonement in these charts. And that was interesting. So then as I started doing the charts more and laying out the chronology of man from the creation of Adam up until our time today, which you can only do when you understand the Jubilee cycles, uh, I found out that the, the lifetime of Abraham, there's a number of events in Abraham's lifetime that had significant meaning to our time. Jacob's lifetime, there was a, an event there. And then Joseph's lifetime, the seven years of plenty and the seven years of famine. And initially I dismissed the seven years of, uh, in Joseph's time because they did not fit into a sabbatical cycle. They started in the middle of a sabbatical cycle and went to the middle of the next one for the first seven years of plenty. And then they went seven years of famine from the middle to the middle of the next Jubilee cycle or sabbatical cycle. And it did not make sense. And one of my friends told me, re-look at that and look at it seriously because it makes tons of sense. And what I found was when I overlaid the Joseph's Jubilee cycle over top of our current Jubilee cycle and compared it year by year, the start of the seven years of plenty, which represents the seven years of plenty for Egypt, started in what we would call 2020. Seven years later would be 2026. And then seven years of famine, which started in 2026, would end up at the end, what I'm saying is 2033. And I thought, wow, okay, so I got the flood, I got Sodom and Gomorrah, and I got Joseph's seven years of, of, of famine and, and plenty, all connecting here in 2033 when I overlay each of these Jubilee cycles on top of each other. And I thought, well, what, what's going on? What am I seeing here? So I just began to look through this more, and then I came up 
and I understood that the Exodus, now this is where I get, a lot of people get upset because the Exodus, it took place in 1379 BC, not 1250 yeah, and not 1450. <laughs> yeah, but so, okay, so the thing is, there's a million opinions out there and you can see a lot of them in here in the, the chat side. We've got what, five or six opinions. I don't care about other people's opinions and I don't care about mine. I want to prove it. How can I prove it? And how can I give you the same information so that you or anyone else can prove this? By doing the Jubilee cycles. And when you start with that chronology with the creation of Adam as year one and come down, Genesis 6, 3, 120 periods or years, it says, but the actual word is Shana, means cycles of time, 120 cycles of time. So most people take that, and this is where a lot of Christianity gets hung up. Up and Scott, this is one of your things. Is 120 times 50 gives you uh, 6,000 years? I just go with Revelation well, 20. It says a thousand. I'm going to go with six times. Yeah, but again, how do you prove it? <laughs> well, I prove right. it by six times. He says, hey, Joe, I have, I have a question for you. So the word Shana is a very typical word for year. Um, how do you support that Shana should not be taken as a year, one revolution of the Earth around its around the Sun, but instead take it as a jubilee cycle. Okay, so how many people throughout history lived to be 120 years? Well, quite a few That's actually. Well, <laughs> yeah, Genesis, quite a bit. Moses. Moses yeah, made okay, it. So yeah. if, if you take it over to 6,000 years, what is the average lifetime of a man? Well, certainly Psalm 90 says 70 or 80, yeah, yeah, 100 yeah, seems yeah. to be kind of the, that's the more typical, but we do have yeah. a lot of people that made it to And you're getting age. into my Psalm yeah. 90 simpleton approach, which is, you know, he didn't say yesterday is like 980 years. He said yesterday is like a thousand years in Second Peter. A day with the Lord well, is not like okay, 980 years. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's hold off on that argument or discussion for another minute. This is a discussion. Okay. Yeah, I know, but the the 100, or 120 Shana is a cycle of time, the proper definition of a cycle of time. So we've just applied years to it because it made sense to the interpreters of that time. Let's step back and say, let's look at it as 120 Jubilee cycles. Does that also fit that narrative? I don't see people, the average lifetime time of people being 120 years. Even if you average all the people before the flood with all the people after, you know, which is impossible to figure out, how do you how do you prove this to be true? So again, let's go with that hypothesis. So this is what people do, and I'm not the only one doing it because all Christianity says 120 times 50, you get 6,000 years, which is where Scott's at. How do you know that it's? Uh, we have a question in, in the in the comments here. Um, let's see if I can get back to this. This is. Um, Let's see if you guys can. Let's see. Can you see this is Blake? Mm. Uh, I feel you have a good handle on the seventh sabbatical year, but how did you come up with the absolute on the fiftieth jubilee? Great question. Yeah. Great yeah. question. Okay, so if we go to Leviticus twenty-three, that's when we go there. I'll just pull up my screen. Leviticus twenty-three. You have. Well, okay. Let me, Doug. Just ask you. How do you keep Pentecost? When do you keep Pentecost? When do I keep Pentecost? Yeah. Well, I count I count fifty days from um, 
from first fruits. First fruits, yeah. So when is first fruits? This is an important question. Uh, well, we just had it. Uh, it's the first day of the week. Right. Yeah. It's the first day of the week. It's on Sunday. Oh, somebody yes. pulled yes. it up on the screen. Good. Thank you. So Pentecost um, yep. is actually 50 days later. You simple math. It's yeah. 49 right. days later. 49 what? days later. The 50th day. Right. The 50th day. And what is it? So in Leviticus uh, 23, where are we? Go down to pull it up there. On, I think it's around verse 10. You end up with Pentecost Sunday. You're going to count right. seven, mm -hmm. seven Sabbaths, correct? Yes. And then the next day. And then the next day. Tomorrow after the seventh Sabbath is the 50th day, which is also the first day of the week. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. So We're now you. when you count to Pentecost Sunday, do you count 49 for Saturday, the seventh Sabbath, 50 for the first day? And then do you start counting to the next Sabbath as one, two, three, or do you start counting two, three, four, five? The fiftieth day is the first day of the next Jubilee cycle. No, hang on, we're doing Pentecost Sunday right now, oh. Gavin. Oh, same thing. Yeah. It's so the fiftieth, the fiftieth yeah. day out, uh, counting the Irma, fiftieth day out from uh, first fruits uh, is is uh, Pentecost Sunday, and that would be the first day of the. Next Omer cycle of 49, uh, seven, sabbats, seven sabbaticals as well, which which is probably a, a mirroring of the Jubilees as I see it. It is a mirroring. So what I'm saying is Sunday is the 50th day, but Sunday is also the first day. Does that make Monday day one or day two? Day two. Day two. So if Monday is day two, now we go to Leviticus 25, we re read the exact same thing count seven years and when you get to the seventh uh seventh sabbatical year the year after that is the 50th okay and so it's the exact same thing as pentecost so the 50th year is also the first year in the count yes so if you count on a piece of paper you count 49 50 and then you count one two three four five six seven you have an eight-year block of time and there's nowhere in history that there's an an eight-year block of time or an eight-year block of uh, of a week it's always counting by seven 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 yes. seven seven yes. non-stop for the sabbatical cycles and for the the weekly sabbath it's consistent throughout history mm. so when you get to the 50th the 50th day is the, is the first day when you get to the 50th year it's also the first year does that answer that question I think we're on the same exact page, Joe. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, okay. I totally I agree. Again, I we're, we're, all, we're all aligning there. I'm just. Well, we're fine tuning. Go ahead, because he had a good little comment about where the 120 might fit in. Hang on. We'll, we'll get to you that. Got, you got a missing 120 years in God's 6,000, 7,000 year plan. It's not missing. <laughs> it's not missing. <laughs> what What is missing is our understanding of. From a Greek mindset to a Hebrew mindset, that's what's I, missing. I, I just when 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 the Bible again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go. Hey, I, I know I know what you're, you're Bible says a thousand years, Joe. It <laughs> also says, <laughs> It also says so. Now go back to Genesis six three. We're talking about 120 periods of time, and I'm saying it's 120 jubilee cycles. Five thousand eight eighty. 5,880, so you're multiplying 120 times 49. Now, Christianity automatically does, does the uh, 
120 times 50. 120 times 49 is 5,880 years. So in my book, you know, remembering the sabbatical year of 2016, however you can see that. Shameless plug. Yeah, shameless plug. I'm going to plug it because I want people to understand. I want people to know this, and I want people, if they can prove this wrong, let me know. But, you know, in, what, 15 years, nobody's been able to prove this wrong. So this is important to know. If we got 5,880 years as a time when God says in Genesis 6, I'm not going to fight with you forever. I'm going to deal with you for 120 Jubilee cycles. And then after that, we're going to do start doing things my way. Okay. Um, hey, Joe, do you have any uh, any other sources? Like, are there any Jewish sources that suggest that 120 could be uh, the Jubilee cycles? Oh, good question. Not off the top of my head. Okay. What I found was this subject of the Jubilee cycles is rarely discussed. I found that Rambam talked about it briefly, and he, uh, um, in the 12th century, he also agreed with what I'm saying at the same time that I'm saying, which was, you know, we did that one live on the air of a radio show, and that one blew me out of the water because I was thinking he might say it differently. But he admitted that they they were at fault and that what I'm saying is correct. Here, here's what's, here's what's kind of cool. Again, I'm going to go back to Simpleton. My, my dad actually, he started his own little self-publishing company, and guess what he called it, guys? He called it Jubilee Publications. He saw this. He saw this 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 pattern that Joe was talking about, where we're actually ninety nine point nine 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 percent in agreement. But he saw this pattern. He saw God had this plan, and and from his book before he even read what prophecy scholars or he saw this just from being a brand new baby Christian, reading Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Um, and 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 he didn't fully understand but again we look back now and we see that the genesis exodus leviticus uh numbers deuteronomy joshua that those are historical uh facts they did happen but they're also prophetic parables once you see that the bible just comes alive in other words history will repeat itself that pattern so yeah so what I what I found was uh, when I first started doing this, I had twelve sabbatical years and one jubilee year to work with, and just having one jubilee year does not help you in understanding where we are in in God's chronology. It, but it tells you with that one scripture. This is Second Kings nineteen twenty nine. Second Kings nineteen twenty nine, and it says. Uh, this is when um, Isaiah is talking to Hezekiah. Hezekiah thinks he's about to die or get killed by the uh, Babylonians, I mean, um, the Assyrians. Um, and God said to him, this year you shall eat what grows of itself. Next year you shall eat what grows of the same. And in the third year you shall plant and sow and harvest. Well, God just gave you a sabbatical and a jubilee year back to back. And... Not only that, there are only two dates. When we look at the uh, the history of the Israelite kings, we don't know when they existed except for two dates, two years in that history that lined up with a known chronology, which was the Assyrian chronology, which tied into the uh, Babylonian chronology, which tied into Ptolemy's chronology, which ties into our time today. Otherwise, we would never know when the Israelite kings lived, but we have no other way of connecting them to a known chronology. 
one of those years was 853 BC uh, at the Battle of Karkar, and the other one was 701 BC with the Battle of Sennacherib comes against uh, Hezekiah. That year was 701 BC. So that's the year, the, the 49th year. The next year, 700 BC, is the year of the Jubilee year. And from those two years, counting by seven, you can hit every Jubilee year or every sabbatical year throughout history. And from 700 BC, counting by 49, going forward and backward, you will hit every Jubilee year throughout history. So as an experiment, I had 12 that I knew about from the Bible, and I counted by seven, and every one of them lined up. So from that know, from that starting point, though, Joe. So from that, that starting, starting point, point. Well, again, let's let's. We talked about this other day, and I'm, I'm I'm you've been dominating, and I'm going to interject here. Here's where I think the starting point. You we are using generally accepted secular dates of so 701B as as if they're set in stone. What if 701 BC was 706 BC? What if 701 BC was 704 BC? That is, that's sort of, I don't want to say my argument or point, but we are basing a lot of dates that are ancient. And we are coming to this from, from those established starting points. And again, we're in line, we're aligning 99%. I'm saying, what if your, what if your calculations just might be off, just like I've told Doug Krieger, who left earlier, that he had a great chronology, but he started from generally accepted days. And I said, Doug, what if you're all three, four, five, six years? Again, all your dates are going to prove out exactly what you're talking about, but perhaps they might be off three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. So we can say, what if to the cows come home and never. Well, I understand what I'm going to say, but you're using. 701 BC as a firm set in stone biblical date, and it's not a biblical date. You're using secular history to establish that starting point. And again, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm also not going to say you're correct. But you have to prove it. I don't want you to believe it. I'm not trying to. I'm, I'm wiggling. You have to prove it. <laughs> no, you I don't. Well, we're talking about the end of times, and we're going to know when we get there. We're getting really close, and you may be 100% correct. If you, don't prove it, if, you're, if you don't prove anything, you can be wiggly about everything. No, right? no, no. What I say about my website is you have to prove this. And the only date, there's only two dates in Israelite history that we can connect to our chronology today. And we can only connect that chronology through Ptolemy to the Babylonians, and through the Babylonians to the Assyrians, and yeah, through those two dates that line up with we're, the Assyrians. We're, we're, we're agreeing. The only thing I'm throwing the monkey wrench into this equation is what if 701 is 704 or 705? Okay, so it doesn't I, change your calculations at all. It just It's just when you, it's a starting point date. No, it's not a starting point date. It's a middle date, and it, it you can prove it by all the other things that we find afterwards that I found. Again, but, you have we're, to we're, have some date. We're agreeing. I'm 100% agreeing with you, but I'm saying 701 may not be 701, dude. 701 might be 701 BC might be 705 BC. That's so all. I, it doesn't throw your calculations off at all. I've gone to some of the top chronologists in I the understand. world. I understand. And I asked them about uh, Edwin Field and uh, uh, 
what's his name? Oh, and I've and I've read thirty chronologies, and, Finnegan, I, and I came up with forty-five different opinions. And I asked them which of these guys is telling the truth. And they said both of them are. And can I count on the chronology of uh, of Edwin R. Thiel? And all these renowned chronologists said that that one is like the Bible. You can count on it. No, There's no, more? no, no, no chronologist is like the Bible. I will, I will throw down the gauntlet right there. No. Okay. Well, then we are, we are, that, Joe, we're agreeing. Okay. Look, we're agreeing with what you're saying. What I'm agreeing with what you're saying. But what I'm telling you is you cannot throw down the gauntlet by secular history and archaeology that is now, and we would all agree, is about 2,700 years old by a bunch of Greek historians and Egyptian historians. And the Persians were horrible about their record keeping. That is my whole point is what, again, I'm calling it a wiggle room. I'm saying that what you're what you're teaching, I'm 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 actually amening you. Okay. What I'm saying is, what if your calculations are just off by two, three, four, five, or six years when we're talking about ancient history? If I'm and, off, if I'm and, off, if these if these historians are off, then why are we even bother talking about this? We'll, well never know. Well, again, we're talking about God's word and the end of the age, and we know that will happen. And we're sitting here just having a discussion. So how? And do again, you this, this, the lawyer in me is coming out right now. I'm not being mean to you, but I'm pressing you back a little bit because no, you but, are using general secular dates to establish your timeline. And I'm saying, what if your timeline is right, but those generally accepted secular dates? Might be off by only two, three, four, five years. I'm, I'm, I'm in your, I'm in your window. I wish, I wish, um, I wish Krieger hadn't left because again, he did a great calculation on this. But guess what? His starting point, I think, was off by anywhere between two to eight years, and I believe yours might be off by two to eight years. So don't give up your ministry if things don't happen next month. Go back maybe to just the drawing board, and 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 again, here's when we 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 haven't touched on this. I want to shift. Here's when we will probably. Here's when we will. We should know for certain, and we're not there yet. When 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 the sacrifices get restarted in the future. Right now, I'm just I'm in the. Look, I'm looking, I'm watching, I'm the watchman on the wall. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the weird dude that's been saying this for 40 years since I was a little kid. Sacrifices have not started, okay? If and when Judah rebuilds their temple or their tabernacle and they restart their sacrifices, I am then going to 99.99995%. And then we will certainly know that we're in that last three and a half years. There are so many... Uh, so many examples in the Bible of this three and a half year period, this 1260 days, these 42 months. When the man of sin, the son of perdition, stops those sacrifices per Daniel, then we will know we're in that final three and a half year window. I mean, for, without a shadow of a doubt. And I will be the crazy man screaming from the rooftops if I'm still alive at that time. And I really, at that point in time, I will be saying we won't know the day or the hour because it's the Feast of Trumpets. And, and that's, you know, your, your, your part about the, the sighted moon. And if I said Turkey Day right now and there's any Americans listening, they know I'm talking about, they know I'm talking about Thanksgiving when we celebrate Thanksgiving. 
So when Jesus said nobody, no man knew the day or the hour, I do believe that was a Jewish idiom for the for Yom Teruah, for the Feast of Trumpets. Not dogmatic on it. I mean, like, you know, very strong belief, very strong opinion. But but I think the Bible was written for us, not to us. And we can't fully understand it without understanding the culture and the context and the history. And so, again, we're I, what I want, you know, we're talking about end times and th when these things do occur and maybe we're off by two, three or four years. And we're all in the same ballpark is my point. See, so Scott, we're all let me, in the same ballpark. Let, let me jump in. So, Joe, I just have a question. So let's make the assumption that your numbers are correct for a minute. Um, what what do you think is the the end? I mean, where does that where does the end of the the timeline take us to? When you start, I, I, I've missed that. When you start with with Dan, um, Adam, and you start doing the chronology from Adam, and you, it shows you, you have to make a connection to the uh, Common Era and the BC Era with the pre-flood era, and that's that's a difficult part. So the only way we can do that is lining up another jubilee year, and Leviticus twenty-five two is a second jubilee year. There's only two jubilee years mentioned in the entire Bible. 2 Kings 19.29 and Leviticus 25.2. Once you've lined those two up, now you got to apply the math equation of uh, 120 times 49 and I have 120 Jubilee cycles. I've done that. I've explained it in the book. And it brings you down to our time today. Uh, we are now in the 120th Jubilee cycle. So the seventh millennium okay. is to begin after 2045. But that's not the end. All hell is going to break out before that. Unless those days were cut short, no flesh would be saved alive. So that brings so, up. So if I'm, under, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're suggesting that the the end is that Jesus' second coming is 2045. Is that what you're suggesting? The second coming is 2045. His coming is before that. Uh, agreed. Okay. So, well, you know, I mean, when he comes back, it seems to start right in that general ballpark, right? Uh, I'm not getting. Uh, you know, I'm 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 saying. Dates, but, <laughs> my but, uh, window here for, of his return is between 2024 and 2033 or 2030. Well, okay, so I'm missing something. So you're suggesting that his return is somewhere between 20. Say it again. 2024. Uh huh. And 2033. So then, what happens in 2045? 2045 is the start of the seventh millennium. So what's happening between 2033 and 2045? That's 12 years. Yes. Unless those days were cut short, no flesh would be saved alive. I don't know. The cleanup, the restoration, the... I'm really confused. That's where I'm you really lose, uh, Joe, that's where you lose yeah. me too, dude. I, I'm yeah. totally lost. So you've got 12... So you think Jesus comes back at the latest by 2033, and then the seventh millennium, uh, get started That's, by 2040 and not who's, before 2045. Who's, who, who's the Bible says going to rule during the seventh millennium? King David. Okay. So King David will be King David is the Messiah that is going to rule during that time. It won't be Jesus. Well, it'll be Jesus over top of, of King David, but okay, there, that, that's a whole other story that you guys I don't think are ready to hear today. No, I mean, I, David's going to be resurrected. He is, I believe, David, yeah. literally, the man fine, David, is, but, is, is the yeah. prince. But, yeah. but 
yeah, that's where we would probably differ. That would be a different discussion than what we're talking about this evening. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah. I agree. I think I think David has a role. I, I'm with you there. Yeah. Uh, Jesus has the the top role, right? So, yeah. um, but I, I'm really confused there, and I I guess I thought I was following you, but I'm really not following you, because I think I think you know, of course, I don't know when Jesus comes back, but my speculations lead me to believe that by 2048 seems like he should come back. Okay, I mean. Who knows? But um, but you're saying that that the last time the the latest he would come back is 2033, and then we've got 12 years where what's happening again? I mean, why don't we just get started right away? Establishing a settlement, starting rebuild Jerusalem, uh, getting it set up. So, so so you're saying that's the that's still the end of the the previous millennium. Yeah. And then the new millennium doesn't start until That's 2045. Right. The, the first temple was started by Solomon on the, in his fourth year so, in uh, 967 BC. So, Joe, hmm. does the resurrection happen when Jesus returns? In other words, just like 1 Thessalonians 4 and just like 2033. Okay, so but then, but that's the last. the end no, of the tribulation. All right, all right, so, Joe, this is where I would really push back because Jesus said that the resurrection would happen on the last day. Mary, who Mary and, and knew who knew her Bible when she was lamenting and sad that her brother Lazarus had died, said, "I know, my Lord, we will be raised up on that last day." So you don't have that last day starting until 2045, and that is where I would really push back on. And again, I, I just think somewhere I, I I am seeing a lot of what was in your two books that I actually did read that quickly and listen to a couple of your teachings, I can see what you're saying, but you've got, like Doug just pointed out to you on this, on this, you've got a 12 year of nothing land. And I, I see that when Jesus invades this, this space time continuum, the world is a wreck. The world's going to have to be recreated and it doesn't take 12 years. I mean, if we look at this supernaturally, we all want to believe the Bible. And we all do believe the Bible. We see all the supernatural stuff God has done in creation. And we see the supernatural exodus and we see all these things. Then God can God can literally recreate the heavens and the earth and, and make this earth habitable for his 1000 year kingdom. Or, you know, again, if you want to call it a 980 year kingdom, that's fine. But I'm just saying that, that that if that resurrection happens on that last day, then we're in that last day, and that throws off your you're not you're saying that 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 last day can't happen for 12 years, and that's problematic. Well, no, you're putting words in my mouth. I'm not saying the well, last day. Is I, the, well, let me. You explain. just said it's the like, last day doesn't start till 2045, and Jesus. I didn't say that. I said the seventh millennium starts in 2045. The that last, last day. day that you're talking about is 2033. When the end of the tribulation takes place in 2033, when Satan's locked away, the saints are raised up at Shavuot, not the Feast of Trumpets. David's brought back at that time. Three and a half years before 2033 brings you to 2030 when the two witnesses are killed. Three and a half years before that brings you to 2026 when they start to do their work. But then that starts 2300 days in Daniel 8. Before that, it brings you back to 2020 when uh, the saints are going to be trampled. Daniel 9 is not talking about the restoration of the temple. 
is talking about the restoration and the destruction of the saints. The word that's put in there for temple is uh, is supposed to be translated as saints. Because David talking about in the Hebrew and the Greek. Well, Daniel knows how, how to call a temple the Mikra, but he didn't right. say Mikra, uh, Mikra, Mikra, the Holy of Holies. He just called it the Holy Ones. The Holy Ones are the saints. Doug, what, what's your what's your take on that? I, I know zero Hebrew. Mikra means saints. Uh, You're the Hebrew scholar, not me. No, I mean, that's news to me. I, I you know, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I always try to go with the common definition. I think it's a uh, a much better idea. Um, you know, you, you've, uh, trying to get rid of some of these comments. I don't know how they got in, <laughs> but hey, in any event, um, and, you and know, that, we should take some questions. We should definitely take some questions. That's what's cool. From, what's uh, cool. What's yeah. cool about this, this big picture view though, Doug, on that issue yeah. is, is, is we talk about the, you know, there being a literal temple and we all believe there will be a literal temple, literal sacrifices started, but I've, I've enjoyed some of your teachings where you see it both in a both and approach. You see it as a, as, as a literal and as a spiritual poisoning of the temple, meaning, meaning our bodies. Um, yeah. I think if we would more, more on these issues, take more of a both and approach rather than shutting down either or it, 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 it broadens our understanding of the Bible. Let me, let me take a question. This is from, sure. uh, from Blake, uh, this is kind of directed toward you, Joe. Um, things are running slowly. I, I think it must be Netflix hour. Uh, the internet is running slowly. <laughs> so uh, he says, I fully understand the counting, but where are you getting the year in the scriptures? So in regards to the 701 year, um, well, as, as I, was explaining I think that's before, kind of the big, you know, 701 is a undisputed year in chronology as to when Sennacherib came against Hezekiah. Mm -hmm. And that year is the 49th year of 2 Kings 1929. So you start your sevens counting from that 701 BC and you'll hit every Jubilee year throughout history that we know about. Every single one. What do you mean that we hit every Jubilee year? Like does something no, happen I mean, on that year? Like. Well, the, I, are there fireworks or something? How do you know that that yeah, is? Yeah, what happened in 1996? Yeah, like yeah. What is special about that year that we would know that that's the jubilee year? Well, nothing. But in the year that the Jews were brought back to Israel in uh, 20 or 1947, that happened to be a jubilee year. And they've been been brought back for years before then. They just weren't recognized as a state until 48. And then you had the temple. They were recognized you know, as a state in 1947 by the United Nations. That is a jubilee year. So, so the the next jubilee year is going to be twenty forty five. Is that what you're saying? That's correct. So, where are you getting the twenty thirty three uh, as your okay. permanent for? Again, I compared each jubilee yeah. cycle one with the other. Yeah. I compared the jubilee cycle when the flood took place with our current jubilee cycle. I okay. compared the jubilee cycle when Sodom and Gomorrah is destroyed with our current mm -hmm. jubilee cycle. And you must yeah. do the chronology in order to know when this stuff is. That's a whole other project. And when you do that, they line up with 2033, as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, so it's, it's, it's in the last days. How, how do you uh, know that Sodom and Gomorrah was 2033? I mean, that that's already a disputed date. Uh, well, you know, there's Sodom people that- is destroyed the year before uh, um, Isaac was born. 
right. but we don't know that date with absolute certainty. I mean, there's there's lots of wide ranging dates on those things. You know, anywhere from twenty fifty uh, to uh, you know nineteen hundred something. Here, here, here's so. what I've always believed: God muddied the waters. He gave us like like year for year up until Terra. And then all of a sudden he decides to to muddy the waters a little. Hang bit. on. Hang on, Scott. <laughs> Hang did. on. Gavin, come on. It's come not, on, tell us right, Gavin. Yeah, Gavin, come it. on. It's men okay. that muddy the waters. God has never muddied well, any water at is, any but, stage. Uh, okay, let but me here, just, here's my point. He did not now, say and and Tara was twenty seven years old when Abraham was born. He didn't say it. You can figure and it Joe, out. You Joe. Have, all you have to do is know your math and prove things one side to the other. You can check. It was terrible. So it's the math that I'm concerned about, though. It's the I mean, math that I'm concerned about. You could have a little error like metric or standard, and you could miss Mars altogether. Yeah. <laughs> right? That actually happened. So the, the math, I think, can be very, very effective, but it can also be riddled with errors, right? Garbage in, garbage out. Right. So if you if you make one wrong uh, calculation, then your whole thing could could come falling down. That's, I think, the big danger when we start applying math to the Bible. I'm not saying we can't, but I think there's an inherent danger. Uh, and of course, your math it looks different than other people's math. That's that's part of the challenge. And, and even if I've understood, I mean, even if I've understood correctly, uh, you know, there, there's even discussions about when. Uh, you know, when Passover is supposed to happen. So, you know, some of these things are, are debated by pretty smart people. Yep. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm with you as far as 2045. I, I'm not really on board with 2033. That seems kind of like a, an ad hoc number. Uh, 2045, I think, is very significant. But So, uh, so we've, know, got, we've, been, we've been talking here for, what, a couple hours, three hours, two hours. And my explanation of all this is a 40-hour teaching. And I'm right. trying to get little snippets in here between other people talking. Okay, it's what, what, and, and, and mine is six plus one people. equals seven. I'm, I'm sorry, Doug? Let, let's take questions from people. We've got a lot of people. Uh, my computer is now running very slowly. I think I really think it's the internet. Um, usually my computer is pretty fast. Uh, but let's, let's see if we can get some questions. This is from Ed. So Ed from Texas. Hey, Ed. He says, what is the significance, it's coming up here, of 5880? Yeah. So what we did was in Genesis 6-3, I'm saying it's 120 cycles of time, not 120 years. Uh, so 120 times 49, which is a jubilee cycle. So 120 times 49 is 5,880 years. So that's what the allotted time that God has given man to get his act together. And that expires, according to what I've been able to determine, uh, in 2045. 5,880 is equivalent to the year that we call 2045 today. Okay. All right. There's uh, one person, Wild Barley, suggesting that you're maybe confusing Gregorian years with biblical years. What would you say yep. to that? Well, you have to use both. So what I've done, if you can you see, here's my charts. <laughs> yeah. On the one side, I do everything with Gregorian years. On the other side, I do everything with the 5,880 years counting from uh, Adam. And then I just have to compare them one to the other. 
So this here year uh, in yellow, 58.56 right here is equivalent to this year in yellow over here, which is 2020. So this is just a mirror of one side to the other. You cannot, you know, you cannot go back and forth to the other unless you have something like this chart to keep your brain straight. But hey, I've do, got a, que I I've do got do a question for you, Joe, that but Gavin brought up early, which, uh, so where do you, with this, uh, do you just throw out his, the 1290? Where does you, you view that as, as, in other words, in Daniel 12, where it talks about the 1260 plus the 30 for the 1290 yeah. and the 45. So in other words, Dan, uh, Gavin has worked this out to where saying, look, I am not saying it's 2025. I'm not saying it's 2032. I'm not saying it's 2045. He's just saying that that it's got to fall within this window yep. of, of time. And I'm not saying Gavin's right, but it's it's a very, very interesting uh, what he's what he worked out probably before any of us even started studying these these feasts and these appointed days. He mentioned that in the YouTube side when and I couldn't get in I wanted to comment on that. He's correct about the the number of moons. And I uh, I've only just finished redoing my study on that here this morning. Uh, we I've been working on it the last uh, number this yeah, past week it, real hard. So the 20 the 20 1200 and and 60, the 1,290, the 1,200 or 3,035. The 1,290 and the 1,335 include a leap year in there, an ADAR bet. Oh, that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. But they leap overlap month. each other. A leap month. It's a leap, yeah, a leap month, leap year. It, they overlap each other. And at the same time, the 12, uh, the three and a half years of the two witnesses or the 1,260 days, it does not include a leap year. So here, Gavin, here's something for you to think about. If the if during that last three and a half years there is no uh, light, the moon doesn't give us light and the sun doesn't give us light, how are we going to keep track of time? We don't have the moon, right? So I go by a crescent moon to begin the month. So the month is either 29 or 30 days. If I don't see the moon, it's a 30-day month. So during those last three and a half years, we won't be able to see the moon to know when the month begins. So you have a 30-day month for three and a half years. What that does is it changes each of the 29 days, which is roughly about half, into 30. Okay, so, so you're, 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 you're talking about- on, let, me finish, let me finish. Well, I got you a got, question though. I know, but let me finish. You're talking about the three and a half years, or are you talking you got, about the Great Tribulation period? Are you talking about the three and a half years that the two witnesses testify, or you mix them all together? I you just got froze, I don't know anything you just said. Let me finish my statement first, okay? So with the 12 uh, months, half of them are 29, half of them are 30. By adding an extra yeah. day each year, that gives you 6, 12, 18, right? Extra days. That's almost like adding an extra month during that 1260 days for the last three and a half years. And I want you to think about it because that, when I figured that out and realized that, it made my numbers fit much better. Okay, Scott, go ahead. Try again. No, it, it, you just answered. So you're, the 1260 you're talking about would be what we are referring to as this, as, as I'm just going to call it the mega thalipsis or great tribulation that Jesus speaks of mm -hmm. would be at that midpoint that you say it doesn't actually happen because, uh, from Daniel 9 because you, you have said that 
that what me and Gavin and Doug and all of all of us others that 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 is not actually going to take place. There's not going to be literal stop to literal sacrifices. No, hang on. Yeah, I think you're misunderstanding me. The three and a half year tribulation does take place. <clears throat> Their sacrifice, <clears throat> excuse me, the sacrifice was about to be uh, done on Passover this year, but they didn't get permission from the government. They almost got permission, so the government is thinking about it. That could take place this fall or Passover, I mean, at the Shavuot or at the, okay, at so the believe, So you do believe there's going to be literal sacrifices restart? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, again, I, that's what I'm trying to to figure out because, again, we're going back to Daniel 9, and we're, and we're looking at Daniel's 70th week as being as being well, if a future, we look at saying that. that it's not really, it's that's not really a final seven-year period. That's that okay, look. But, I mean, that's what I that's what I heard you in your teaching saying that those are not actual seven years, and so that's where I'm pushing back right now because Revelation talks about a period where the two witnesses testify for 1260 days, 42 months, three and a half years. Talks about a period of time in Revelation where the beast is giving authority over the saints. For 1260 days, 42 months, three and a half years, which matches up perfectly to Daniel. Uh, I think it's Daniel 12, where it talks about the, you know, the 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 little horn being given authority over the over the holy ones for that three and a half year period. And and so maybe we're on the same page, but but again, I've just heard from your teachings in your books that you're saying that there that that Daniel's 70th week, the way Gavin has looked at it, and the way Doug is looking at it, and the way I'm looking at it, that we're just wrong. That there's not really a final seven-year period. Maybe I'm maybe I'm confused. Okay. There, the way that Christianity understands this. No, 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 no. Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. The way that Christianity understands the seven-year period is all lumped into one seven-year block of time at the very end and we bring a lot of that understanding with us into our new walk what i'm saying what i'm saying is that the daniel is not talking about a seven-year final tribulation and i'm talking so about daniel 9. Not either, i'm talking about daniel 9 now i know what revelation aligns with daniel hang dude. on let me finish right. no, no 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 i'm being my lawyer part now i'm out you're under you're you're in the witness stand okay and I'm no not being, I, i'm going i'm going to but do you agree that Revelation? Do you agree that Revelation has two twelve hundred twelve sixty day different periods of time, and you can add them up, and it says forty two months? And does that not equal seven years, dude? The forty two months or the twelve sixty are they not the same time period? Well, are you they are three and a half years, correct? Okay, yeah. I just said that. Right. Starting and we're just all we're doing is we're just saying Christianity, but we're just linking up Revelation back to Daniel because that's where a lot of John is drawing from Daniel and Zechariah and the prophets. He ain't making it up. But you're not letting me finish my thought before you interrupt with you with your question. Well, again, I I want to know what you believe the 70th week prophecy is. That's what you I'm know, asking you. Just telling me what you believe when you ask no. the when you're not letting me finish. Let's let Joseph yeah. say what he wants, sir. All right, so tell Daniel, us the 70th week from your perspective. Daniel is Daniel 9, 27, or 24 to 27, is mm -hmm. speaking about 70 weeks. The word weeks is Shavuot. It's 70 Shavuot, or 70 49s, which is 3,430 years. It's not 70 times 7. So when people take that final 
70th week and think it's a seven-year block of time, that's what they're doing. That's not correct. It's a final 49-year block of time. So when did that start? Did it start with Azaharis, like most of Christianity assumes? No, it started with Moses at the burning bush in the year 1379, or actually before 1379. So when you count 70 Jubilee cycles from that time period, that, well, okay, how do we prove this to be true? It says after seven periods or seven weeks, Messiah the Prince shall come. My Messiah is a king. He's not a prince. So who is this talking about? Messiah the prince is King David. He was anointed by Samuel. He was anointed by Judah. He was anointed by all of Israel when he became king. Seven jubilee cycles after the burning bush incident. Guess who's born? King David. Okay, well, that's interesting. Now, if we count 62 weeks after that, or 62 Shabu, or 62 49s, that brings you to the year 1996. Most of Christianity switches those rounds, but 62 and 7 or just 69, they don't separate them like it says in, in Daniel 9. So 1996 is the 69th Jubilee year from the burning bush. It's also the start of the final Jubilee cycle, the 120th one. So the Jubilee cycle we're in right now is both the 120th Jubilee and the 70th Jubilee that uh, Daniel 9 is talking about. And then it says in Daniel 9 that in the midst of the week, which is what you're talking about, the, the anointing, the temple shall be destroyed. Those are the saints. The saints shall be destroyed. Go back and look at Daniel 8. Go back and look at all the prophets about the end times. It's the saints that are going to be destroyed. And it starts in the midst of the week. It starts in the year 2020. That's the middle of this Jubilee cycle. And from there, from 2020, you begin your count. You begin your count of 2,300 mornings and evenings of Daniel 8. You begin your count after that of the uh, three and a half years of the two witnesses. And then after that, you begin your three and a half years for the Great Tribulation. But in between there is a block of time, the 1335 days, which ends at Shavuot, in 2033 and you have to go back and calculate that back and that brings you back to um, I forgot the date sometime in the seventh month around the day of atonement or trumpets I forget I, I but from that time the Shavuot is a 1335 days that's your clue as to when that extra month is to be added in there so that you can keep the holy at the right time you still got to keep the holy days at the proper time during this time period so that's the Daniel 9 Christian thinking is, is an error. People believe it's about Yeshua. I disagree strongly. It was never about Yeshua. If that was to prove Yeshua was the Messiah, why did not one of the apostles or Yeshua himself say that this prophecy in Daniel 9 is about me? See, look, here, I prove it. Simon bar is the first one to use that to prove that uh, um, not Simon Bar-Kopa, uh, Rabbi Akiva is the first one to use to prove that Simon Bar-Kopa was the Messiah. After that, the church fathers started using that to develop this idea that it's about Jesus or Yeshua. And uh, Julius Africanus was the first one to figure it out. And that's the current theology that we have today with the gap theory. It's, you know, that 2,000-year gap theory that they have in there. 
So hmm. it's I say it's not about Yeshua. It's about the seventy years of the the seventy jubilee cycle that Israel was a nation. Israel became a nation when they crossed the Red Sea. Hey, Gavin. From that, sorry, sorry, Joe. Uh, go ahead. Okay, I was just gonna. I really wanted Gavin to chime in and and uh, give us his perspective on the seventieth week. Uh, I appreciate you sharing, and I think uh, it's a unique perspective. It's certainly not the typical one, but uh, we're all going to find out one day who's right. <laughs> Maybe all of us or none of us, you know. But Gavin, what are your thoughts? Um, mine are pretty typical. Uh, uh, I received um, the information when I first came to this into Bible prophecy when I was a kid about a future 70th week and uh, and and it wasn't until later on that i looked into the work of sir robert anderson read his book the coming prince and he laid out a pretty good uh, understanding that that there's a nice chronology between the uh, nissan of nehemiah which um, we have pretty good evidence was 445 bc and it ran through um uh, 69, uh, 7 plus 62 or 69 sevens of years. And it was Sir Robert Anderson who discovered from his Bible studies in Revelation chapter 12 that, um, that 1260 days equals time times and a half a time more cryptically 3.5 years. So he did the math and he said 3.5 into 1260 is 360. So that was his first uh, Rosetta Stone, as it were, for biblical time for the for the um, um, biblical year. And then he went uh, to Genesis seven and eight, where we go from the seventeenth day of the second month to the seventeenth day of the seventh month, and that's given to us as twelve uh, as one hundred fifty days. And you do the math there for the five months, and it's thirty days. So he's looking at a perfect. Um, a perfect, beautiful um, um, uh, circle of 360 days laid out in beauty and truth according to the geometry of a holy God. So that, that was what he, that was what allowed him to crack the case of the 70 weeks prophecy, which Sir Isaac Newton had failed to achieve uh, a couple of hundred, oh, 150 years before. And, and Sir Isaac Newton had spent half his lifetime trying to understand the 70 weeks prophecy, but it wasn't until an evangelical came along who loved the Lord that he uh, was given the um, key to unlock the whole thing out of Revelation chapter 12. And so he took the 360 day a year and he plugged it in and uh, came to the 173,880 days, ran it through from Nehemiah, Nisan 1, using the uh, Hebrew calendar from the Astronomer Royal in Greenwich. And he came through to Nissan 10 in 32 AD, which turned out to be um, Palm, actually turns out to be Palm Sabbath instead of Palm Sunday. But it was uh, a very nice approximation. And there's not much wriggle room there because you've got to connect two Nissan moons, uh, which turned out to be 476 years plus 25 days apart, which means you've got to come into a terminus with a year that has, sees an extra month of eight hour or, and that that year is 32 AD and the two years before and after uh, fail the exam and they, they, they weren't fit. So, um, so that's what led to, um, that's what led to the, uh, 
to the understanding of the uh i'll just give you i'm i'm i'm, I'm going to take three minutes to quickly show you this uh um this uh uh share your screen share okay uh basically to show you the the layout of how it works uh man i uh doesn't seem to be working here uh it, go go to where it says application window ah uh, there we are okay yeah. application okay. window share uh share we're share. getting closer <laughs> there we go all right and man alive what do we got here okay did it. <laughs> okay right. now, let me let me pull up my uh my powerpoint here here we go so uh, uh, so, we, so that's what we, we, we hey gavin we just see the infinite uh screen oh, 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 you're not sharing okay sharing. here we go is that it okay so we're looking here at uh we're looking here at this beautiful three brother i'm sorry oh, okay Let's try it again share your screen but share the application window not don't okay. share your okay don't share, share the screen but share your application window share the application window okay you see that uh, down the bottom share screen yep and then it'll say application window so it's the middle tab there share. Share you see screen. screen sharing works best on computer That's... yeah and then it says entire screen application window you see that uh, it just says screen share um but the bottom it says that but then in the middle it says once you open that window you were close oh, last time. No yeah, so you application window. Okay, here we are. Application go. window. Right. No, right. it should say it should say share. Okay, but um, now uh, we're close. <laughs> okay, I may you know, have to just uh, I, I may have to just add a little bit from from okay. this point on because I, I just can't seem to share the screen. This is a comment from. Uh, Feggy Longi, uh, who says that Daniel 9.24 is a prophecy on multiple layers. Both Scott and Joseph are correct. But God does that in scripture. Sometimes one scripture has a dual hey. or double prophecy. So and, uh, you know. that's what I was going to say. I am not necessarily disagreeing with Joe, and I'm not disagreeing mm -hmm. with Gavin. I think they both may be correct, and there is this dual overlay, even sometimes triple or quadruple overlay so what Joe has been teaching, I'm not even saying that he's necessarily incorrect or wrong in what Gavin is teaching. What if both and are correct? We're trying to wrap our heads around Joe's math, and I think it's quite new to us. Um, and I'm not sure that I'm convinced yet, but I'm still open to uh, to to dis discussing it, you know, and and that's the thing is when you took when you said 2045, I'm like, well, that's a date that I see it on my horizon. I'm not so sure about 2033, but hey, I don't know everything. You know, uh, I'm I'm still learning uh, lots every day. So um, I think it's pretty cool. So Gavin, go on. You were uh, you were going to? I was going to try. Yeah. <laughs> it says share screen. I hit the share screen, uh, and, and there's then a, an there's a tab in the window. There's a tab on that. There's a tab in the middle of that pop up that says application window. Yeah, I've got. I've, I've done that okay well uh, and it's there we uh, go I, I found it okay we got you okay. and then we got that okay now 
in order to um, get that, uh, we've got to go. And uh, let me just, here just we go. Okay. Can you see it now? Nope. We sure can't. <laughs> no, but just tell us the highlights. That's okay. Just explain, uh, Gavin. Okay. Well, basically, uh, basically, we are looking uh, screen share sharing window. Okay. Basically, we are looking at um, uh, uh, the seventy weeks prophecy, which which and the key to that is uh, is Daniel nine twenty four. Seventy weeks are determined. So so God is saying seventy weeks are cut out of time for God's dealings with His covenant people. Now there's no record of the 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 um, either house of Israel, either the lost ten tribes or the house of Judah, keeping the seven, the, the jubilees. Uh, and we know that they got into deep trouble for their not keeping the sabbaticals, and that's why they went into captivity for 70 years, right? So um, if God considers that the the sabbaticals are important, then he also must consider that the jubilees are important. So the question is, um, have the jubilees being miscarried? Are they, um, uh, are they lost in Israel? And, uh, and so I appreciate uh, Joe's... Um, the search for the jubilees, and and I think uh, it's very, very important that we we look at that uh, issue of the jubilees and and search for them. I do believe that uh, they can be found inside the 70, 70 weeks prophecy because seventy times seven equals four hundred and ninety years. So there we've got ten ten uh, jubilee cycles of four hundred forty nine years, and then what's more, we've got. Uh, uh, five or six connections there. First of all, why on earth did uh, the angel tell tell Daniel seven and then sixty two? Why did he just say sixty nine? The and then the reason he said seven sevens to start off with is because he wanted to give us a clue that he wanted us to look at the seventy seventieth uh, the seventy weeks as jubilee cycles so that's the first connection the second connection is that if that is the case then the first 49 years of the 70th 70 weeks uh would be the first of 10. so you, you go 10 49 year jubilee cycles and you've got you've got your 490 years or your 70 weeks the other the next connection which is connection number three or four is that if the 70 weeks are being counted out as jubilees, then it means that it must end, the 49, the 10, 49 year cycles must end precisely on the jubilee year. And it would end um, on the last day of the age and it would end on a day of atonement in which the trumpets of jubilee are blown. And that would be the epic future Jubilee of Messiah, which the hymn writers and songwriters all sing about, for unto Zion comes a deliverer in the year of Jubilee, or an old, old song I heard many, many years ago, maybe 40 years ago, Jubilee, Jubilee, we're going to the happy Jubilee. In other words, the, the, the Jubilee is a happy day in which the captives are set free, um, and we know that there's going to be a captivity of the covenant people of God, according to Revelation chapter 12. Uh, the Jubilee is a happy day in which everything is reset. The the economies that uh, caused all this terrible debt because of usury 
will all be over and done with. Messiah is going to establish his new cycles of 50 years of uh, in which everything resets after 50 years. So we won't get this terrible buildup of debt that we've had. And so we've got um, uh, in the 70 weeks um, uh, another perspective on the possibility in which um, we've got our jubilees um, stacked away like sardines neatly inside the 70 weeks prophecy and so that would be that would be my perspective i know um that a lot of uh interest is coming up on the on the jubilees with all this schmidt year business that uh, rabbi uh, khan has put out uh, you know it was intriguing to look at you know to um, 1917 and then 50 years later 1967 and then 50 years later uh, 2007 or 2008, so he's got wiggle room there of a year or so for the uh, for the economic downturn, and then you know, people were speculating about 2014 blood moons. So well, there's lots of speculation about the jubilees, uh, but is it possible? And I just put this out for people to consider: uh, is it possible that God has wrapped up the jubilees inside the 70 weeks prophecy because it's a perfect fit? And uh, it ends with a jubilee, it's, it, even as it begins with a jubilee. And so that would that would mark the beginning of the millennium. So um, that's that's um, basically what I've got to share. I, I do believe that these two feasts are a wonderful are a wonderful um, tape measure between Yom Teruah, which we don't study. We don't understand what the word Teruah is because our Bible teachers will not talk about it, even though it's thirty three times in the in the bible they won't talk about the teruah uh and then we've got the the day of atonement and and if we look just multiply just multiply 86 by 29 and a half which is the number the number of um, days in a, in a lunar cycle and then add on nine year, nine days and then you end up with the same thing 20 25 50 days um so God, God may have laid out in the finals, in, in the next two feasts that are yet to be fulfilled, the final seven years of the age, and nobody seems to be paying attention to it. So uh, I find that interesting, but aggravating at the same time, since it's been up on my website for 15 years, you know. So, um, yeah. so, uh, so Gary Allen says, this is all speculation, but it's fun. I think that's a great one. <laughs> You're right, Gary. It, it absolutely is speculation. And I, let's make it clear. We are all speculating here. We do not know. We're trying to crunch the numbers to the very best of our ability. But at the end of the day, we'll have to say we'll have to wait and see how it's going to oh, turn out. And, and here's my thing, man. It's well, let, 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 let's, take, let's take a question really quick here. This is from Blake. He says, question for all. Uh, what does everyone think the five months time frame is? And uh, I think it's Revelation 9 verse 5. And where in the three and a half years does it fit? So I, I believe he's talking about the five months that the um, the these locust kind of creatures. I think they're manticores, but uh, that they will be that people will be seeking death and it will escape them. Any any thoughts on that? It'll be late. I would say yeah, that's within this final three and a half year period we're we're, we're discussing yeah. this. this thing. What do you think, Joe? I was trying to look up the scriptures so I can see exactly what it says, but I'm frozen again. Um, uh -huh. Yeah. I will like share my, 
my screen here. Yeah, you're still frozen. I'm frozen? Everybody's frozen. It's on oh, my screen. That's great. Like I said, I think everybody's on the internet tonight. Yeah, I think so too. So this is uh, Revelation 9, maybe verse 5. Um, yeah, it's pretty slow. Okay, so they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. Okay, so, I, yeah. I believe that's part of the three and a half or yeah, the, the 1260 days of the, of the tribulation. Yeah. Okay. Why five months? Why five that. months? What is, what is, what's, yeah, I, mean, I think we're all kind of agreeing it's probably in the latter half, yeah. but why five months? Any thoughts on, on that? I, I don't, under, I don't understand it. I, I, I don't have any thoughts and I don't like <laughs> to talk unless I've at least studied it. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. I'm, I don't know, yeah. but I'm thinking about it. It's a good question. I, five months. Yeah. It's 150 days. It's interesting. There's a parallel there with, with Noah, you know. and, and uh, Well, yeah. if you go from the second yeah. Passover to the Feast of Trumpets, that's five months. Hmm. Hmm. Right? I don't know. So, I hey, wanted to comment God. about what uh, Galvin was saying about the blood moons. What One of the other projects I did with once I had the Jubilee years established, um, the current blood moon teaching is based on the Hebrew calendar, which always had the blood moons coming after each of the events that they were talking about. When I applied the blood moons according to the crescent moon calendar and the barley being of Eve, I could take that all the way back to the, to the death of Adam. And before each of the significant events in the Bible, there were two and three blood moons, or two blood moons on the Passover and Sukkot uh, for two to three years before each significant event. All the patriarchs had blood moons. The destruction of Israel had blood moons. The day Yeshua was killed, there was a blood moon. Again, we might not agree on that date. Um, but all these events, when you use a crescent uh, moon and the barley to, be, to begin the year, when I go back through history, I can see a pattern of the blood moons, which is why they became significant in Jewish mythology, um, because they had this repeating. And I think the, the, the goal is like when a, a boy who's used to getting the strap sees the teacher coming out with the belt in his hand, he starts to put pillows in his bum because he knows it's coming. So if you see the blood moons coming all the time and then after that certain bad things happen, uh, yeah, you start to con get concerned. So we had blood moons in 2014 and 2015, but on the barley calendar, we had blood moons again at Passover and coat, which would be, you know, uh, 30 days before the Hebrew calendar for 2016 as well. So that's, I think, is highly significant. This year we had Passover in March. We kept it 30 days ahead of everyone else. On the very day that we kept Passover, who declared a pandemic, which I thought was significant because Passover is uh, being closed in during a pandemic back of the Exodus. So, you know, I, what does it mean? We're, again, we're speculating. We, we don't know for sure. We're watching. There, uh, certainly, uh, Joe, I think we could say that there, there were harbingers, harbingers of uh, things to come, weren't they? Um, yeah. uh, I think we, we can all agree on that. Now, I got a little bit irritated with uh, Mark Biltz when he called them blood moons. I think he should have just called them, uh, um, um, you know, feast day um, uh, lunar eclipses. That would have been uh, of a possible significance, uh, harbingers of things to come. That would have been fine, but he called them the blood moons, and that obfuscated the real 
blood moon and the and the sun turning to darkness and the cosmic signs of the last 30 days of this age, uh, which Jesus said was after the tribulation and the and the prophet Joel said was before the day of the Lord. So we got that sandwich in there. I got a slide, which unfortunately I can't show you. But, um, <laughs> hey, Gavin, I, but, got, I got a question for you. This is from Jack Knight. Um, Jack asks, uh, is Gavin saying that Yehoshua HaMashiach will return on the Jubilee year 2045? So a little clarification. Uh, um, uh, basically, I, I'm all I'm saying is that there is a seven-year period between um, Yom Teruah and and Yom Kippur, which is which is out there, floating floating in our future. We don't know where it is, but it's a nice, precise seven-year feast-to-feast um, time period, hmm. and there are certain seven-year feast-to-feast -feast time periods that fit and the others don't fit. Now, we, we we looked at 2014 with the blood moons and we said, oh, 2014 to 2021, perfect fit. Wow, we better watch that. We watched it, nothing happens, okay. Mm -hmm. 2017, same story. We watched, um, we watched um, that carefully because 2017 to 2024, was another perfect fit of 25, 50 days. We said, wow. And then all this stuff about the uh, the um, uh, the cosmic uh, signs of the Virgin and all that. Um, people were very, very interested. That mm -hmm. part, right? It was, a, you know, people were, people were lighting up all the, um, uh, all the internet over that one. Mm -hmm. And now the next one is, happens to be this year, uh, 2020 to 20, 27 is a perfect 25 50 day um, um, time period for mm. the um, for the future possible candidate for the future 70th week I'm, we're not saying any more than that there is another one coming um, further down the line uh, 2025 to 2032 so we're getting into Joe's time period um, and 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 also Scott's wriggle room the attorney's <laughs> wriggle room. If I was in medicine and I, and I made a diagnosis and I said, oh, I could be this, I could be that, and I had wriggle room, I'd be given a malpractice suit right then and there. Oh, oh. Here's, what, here's what I want to stress. If, 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 they, if my little simpleton theory, my little simpleton belief that a day with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years is just as a day. And the six days of creation being typological and the Sabbath day of rest. And 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 no scholar puts the puts the death, uh, crucifixion, resurrection, ascension of Jesus, Yeshua, our Messiah, any later than 2034. If if these things have not happened on or before 2028 in the fall, then I'm just 100 percent wrong. I'm on record right now. It was a theory. It was a belief. And I'm not setting dates, but when we see these final things start to happen at the end of the age, then that was sort of the purpose of this talk is so we could say what, what, what will, what we know will happen. And when, again, we should scream from the ramparts and be that watchman on the wall as we are approaching what I believe is the end of the age, but we all may be wrong. I mean, right now, everybody that's talked about this, has been has batting zero okay so so that's why 
I'm very cautious in what I believe and would never teach that thus saith the Lord, Jesus is coming back exactly two days or 2,000 years after the year that he died and resurrected. But I do believe like in Hosea, in Hosea chapter five, he said he would return to his place and, on the, and in two days and he would raise us up on that third day. So again, it gets really simple what I'm teaching. I don't need charts. It, it's my, you know, I don't, uh, but I'm, a, I'm agreeing with what Joe is saying. I'm agreeing with what Gavin's saying. What's weird is I'm saying both of y'all might be actually right in what you're saying. And it could be that dual fulfillment with the Jubilees and the specific Sabbath years and the 70 weeks being 490 years. They certainly do factor into the Jubilees. And, and that's that's sort of my approach, man. We, we Here's one thing. We might all be 100 percent wrong and, and, and our great great grandchildren might be talking about this, but I don't think so. <laughs> Hang on, Scott. Let me ask you one question. You you have said we need to be watching out for the um, for the for the um, sacrifices. What what is the next thing that really is going to happen? I mean, it, it, what what is the thing that is we are next going to expect to see on the? Would it not be the Daniel nine twenty seven um, sovereignty giveaway? Uh, the, 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 many, the, yeah, the covenant, yeah. the covenant with many, uh, which which we know now is not just the house of the royal Jewish house of Judah. It, it embraces all uh, the lost tribes and the whole of the God, covenant people of God, yeah, the Commonwealth. The, the, the covenant so with, covenant that, with that's a big deal, isn't it? From Isaiah, whatever that is, I, I again, I think that initiates in this final seven year. year yeah, period. It, it, that does, doesn't it? That is. And, that and, is, that is <laughs> Yeah, please. Joe, you've talked a sure. lot. Yeah. Go ahead, Joe. Sure. Hard to get a word. You got to rush in and say this to talk before you get cut off. Um, I've just so, just to be clear, I've never said "Thus says the Lord" in anything that I teach. It's all based on what I understand, and I'm sharing what mm. I understand, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. That's why I'm so excited about it. I believe it to be true. Um, the the covenant made with many. Now, that's a huge huge thing so it's talking about in daniel again a covenant made with many for one week 149 year period in 1972 the united kingdom signed an agreement with the common market a covenant made with many you know actually it was january uh, 31st 1973 which is still part of the year before because it goes from aviv to aviv 49 years later is 2020 and they are breaking that covenant in December 31st of this year. They'll be a finally out of it. Another covenant with, made with many is the United Nations Environmental Program, uh, June 5th to 16th, 1972. They've now got the whole world signed on to it as of uh, November 1915. The UNEP is today called the Paris Accord, which President Trump is said to be out of and that won't happen until uh november of this year the whole world is involved in that and this year those two covenants are coming apart the covenant made with many and that's what i believe to be the covenant made with many it's not this little uh contract between satan and judah that most no, uh, people we're, we're not we're not saying that jeff we're not saying that we're saying that israel we we the whole ecclesia the whole church we don't we don't teach replacement theology we teach we teach that we are we who were 
strangers and and we were separated from the commonwealth of israel we are now grafted into fellow citizens in that commonwealth uh so in that respect you're talking to three people that that don't believe that judah equals all israel they judah are there are long lost sisters so yeah if we believe that there's a covenant with many um then that would involve all of the called the chosen the faithful all all the ones that have been called out uh, which would have to include western christendom uh where we think most most of the lost 10 tribes went before they expanded out to the ends of the earth and became hard to 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 discern but the thing is that um there is a um um there is a wrap-up uh to to all this and it's um it's laid out very clearly you know and, and i think it's really difficult for any of us to figure out what that covenant is until it yeah. happens in hindsight i think i think the 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 problem that or the challenge that all of us face is that it's really fun to speculate and it's usually not till we've had 5 10 20 years of history and we can look back and we can say oh that's how it happened you know because if we were if we'd been alive in world war 1 we would have thought that was the end you know if we'd been alive during World War II, certainly Hitler is the Antichrist. I mean, you could have fit all of those things into prophecy. Of course, we know now that that clearly wasn't the end. All right. So I think I think we may be onto a lot of things, and and the things that we're discussing may be bricks in this wall. But uh, I think I just want to encourage all of us to be careful that we don't start assigning. You know, this is that, and that is this. And it's this year, that year, you know, guys, we we're uh, we're almost up to two hours. I think we're going to call it quits. This has been a lot of fun. Um, uh, people that are watching, we didn't get to all your questions. I, I apologize for that. We've had uh, just kind of slow running computers because uh, apparently the Internet. Uh, if anything, you can take away from this is that, you know what? Uh, we, all of us have been studying the Bible for a very long time and we don't have all the answers. Uh, but here's what we agree on, that Jesus is coming. He's Amen. going to establish his kingdom. Amen. He Amen. is going to uh, reign uh, from Jerusalem, and he is going to be glorious. And he's calling us to be with him. He's calling us to be co-heirs. We don't deserve it, but out of his grace, he's called us to be part of that kingdom. So yeah. regardless of when he comes, if it's in the next uh, year, if it's in the next 20 or 200, let's be ready. Let's keep our sights on him let's live for him and we want to encourage you guys if you're not keeping the feasts already start they're so much fun uh you know and we've kind of done some technical stuff tonight but the feasts are a lot of fun right now uh you know my calendar is not the same as joe's that's true but nevertheless we're still both keeping the feasts right now i'm in the midst of unleavened bread and it's great you know i got to suffer a little bit with some horseradish on uh, on Passover, and I got to remember as we 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 ate the story, we got to relive uh, our our ancestors coming out of uh, slavery, and uh, and there's so much to that. And now for seven days, we don't eat leaven, and it's a wonderful picture of how we want to get the leaven out of our lives. Mm. So regardless of which one of us has has more data or whatever, you know what. Let's look for the Lord because we're not about information. We're about a relationship with him. Information's fun, 
it's it's a lot of fun to go back and forth mm. but let's make sure that we are living for him all, each yeah. and every day so thank you guys uh thank you scott for uh prodding us into this fun conversation uh thank, thank you. you gavin for your insights thank you joe for giving us another perspective to chew on i appreciate that and and it could be that that all of us have a little bit of this big puzzle and god's like your part is right your part is right your part is right and and then we put it all together and we're like oh very cool yes joe if anyone wants to get the whole teaching that i'm presenting uh we have it as a it's a 40 hour long teaching at steadymoon.com it's on videos uh you can stop it and digest it as you go it's it's a little bit easier to understand than what we're trying to do here today all over the place but uh, i've just sightedmoon.com click on the videos you can watch them thank you and gavin what is your website I, uh, um, my website is endtimepilgrim.org and um, this particular conversation we've had today relates to the seven feasts of israel so if you just do um, endtimepilgrim.org slash seven feasts or endtimepilgrim.org slash fallfeast.htm you'll get uh, most of what we've talked about tonight. I also have a YouTube channel, um, just Gavin Finley, and uh, you, you'll get it there. All right, and Scott, what is your website? I, I've just started it, but it's, I've got craftingtheology.org, uh, where I've only got like one or two articles on it, and, and then what I call 7,000yearplan.com. But my teaching is not 40 hours, it's seven plus, six plus one equals seven. Uh, <laughs> It is is a day with the Lord is a thousand years, and I do I do believe that that Jesus returns two thousand years, just like okay, no commercials, only your website, only your website. No, that's okay. that, not forty hours. <laughs> right. to Mine is Doug Hamp, DouglasHamp.com, so you guys can check it out. All right, thank you, everyone. Good night. God Thanks, bless. Doug. Good night, everybody. Good night, Joe. Good night, Scott. Good thank night, you, everybody. I'm trying to end this. There we go. <laughs>